0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. God bless you. Glad you're here tonight. If you're watching my live stream, glad to have you. If you need a Bible, raise your hand up real high, or ushers, to get the Word of God in your hand. Once you get a Bible, go with me to 2 Samuel 8. We're going to be in our time of receiving our tithes and offerings here, which is a big deal to me. I love to teach on these things. And so, you know, you saw up there the shoebox deal. deal. That, that is so much more than just a gift, okay? That even the boxes we collect here, we lay hands on them, we pray over them, we speak the things of God over them. But then also, when they get those, they, they put little tracks in them. And so they're going all over the world, so that's a good thing to, to be a part of. Again, if you need more information, it's out there at the info table. Okay, 2 Samuel 8. And I came across this a while back and I begin to see this, this pattern that begins to take place on the area of given. And so we start here in verse number, verse number 9. 2 Samuel 8, verse 9. And when Tao, king of Amoth, heard that David had defeated all the army of Hadadarzer, or however you pronounce his name, then Tal sent Orm his son to King David to greet him and to bless him. So what happens here is this king hears everything that King David has done, and he said, Man, I, I want a greeting, and I want a blessing. Keep reading here. Because he had fought against Hadadezer and defeated him, for Hadadezer had been at war with Tal, and Orm brought with him articles of silver, articles of gold and articles of bronze. So this king wants to bless David. And if you'll notice all the things that the Bible said he brought him, bronze, silver, and gold, and I, I don't know if you catch this, but this is how God moves here on earth. God moves through men and women. That's how he does. And, and he impresses our hearts at times to give. How many of have ever been impressed to give? You knew, I gotta give to that. Well, that's what God does. He moves within mankind. Now the problem with moving with mankind is every now and then you'll get to someone, a man or a woman, that God deals with them to give. And they say, not today. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do it, Father God. I'm not going to obey. And maybe that's happened to you, where God impressed you to give and you said, I'm not going to do it. But God stays after you. And and if he can't get you to give, you know what he does? He's got to go to the next human being that he can get. And sometimes he just has to keep going through person to person to person, but he doesn't stop. Now, the same measure that you use, it'll be measured back to you. So man, when God impresses us to give, give. So I want you to watch the connection here. This king blesses King David and watch what happens in verse 10 or verse 11. King David also dedicated these to the Lord. And so he was blessed, but notice what he did. He took the blessing and he said, I'm, I'm going to honor God with it. And when it says he took them to the, the, the things of God there, dedicate him to the Lord, it means literally that he took them to the treasury of the Lord and said, Lord, I just want to bless you. I'm, I'm so grateful for everything that you've done for me. And so when you see that, this is how God moves in our lives as human beings. And I don't, I don't speak this give to get. If you'll see, it's give to give. It's not about me hoarding everything, but when I do get, man, there ought to be gratitude and there ought to be thanksgiving toward the Lord and say, Father God, I acknowledge what you did. It's you who blessed me. There's, there's three holy grunts in here. That's okay. That's all right. Let's pray. Father God, we, we love you tonight. We honor you tonight. and We just thank you. Thank you for your word in this area. Lord, we ask you to bless our night and just, just move in our hearts to be obedient in these areas in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Got your Bible. Jump with me just to the first book of the Bible, Genesis. Genesis 12 is where we're going to begin tonight. And as you're turning to Genesis 12, let me walk you through some things here real quick. When you make a purchase at a store, they give you a receipt. And that receipt is, is a tangible Proof of a transaction. In other words, that that receipt says something was purchased and paid for. And sometimes when we look at faith, we, we have to realize faith is an invisible receipt. And what I mean by that is when you talk about faith, you can't see it, but yet you can still believe it. But when I talk about faith, just think about this. What is faith a byproduct of? Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith is a product of the word of God. So literally, when we get the word of God, the word of God is my receipt of a tangible transaction that took place. That's what the word of God says. It's already been bought, paid for through the Lord Jesus. So the best things we can do with our faith is we get the word of God and we live off of that word. That, that's, my, that's my proof. That's my receipt. So just real briefly here before we jump into Genesis 12. There, there were times in my life, especially when I was younger and then it carried into my 20s that I had a huge problem with, with sleeping at night. I'm, I'm talking about crazy, crazy, crazy sleepwalking. Anybody got that problem right now? Any of you got kids that got that issue? Well, listen real close to what I'm talking about. Well, I begin to think, man, God created me to have sweet and peaceful sleep, but I'm sure not having sweet and peaceful sleep. And so I thought, I, I got to find out what the Bible says about sleep. Well, I found out the Bible had a lot to say about sleep. And, and if you're having issues, these issues, get your pen out, write these down. I begin to pray the Word of God. Psalm 48, it'll talk about sleep. Psalms 127:2, it'll talk about sleep. Proverbs 3:24, it'll talk about sleep. And then, man, I, I tapped into one one day. Uh, Ecclesiastes 5:12, it says, "The sleep of a laboring man is sweet." Now, you can't claim that problem if you don't work hard. If you got a case of the lazy rears, don't pray that, okay? It said said the the sleep of a laboring man. Let me ask you something. How many of you in here today, you labored, you worked hard in your own opinion? I worked hard today. Well, then that promise is a tangible receipt to you. You can stand on that and you can begin to pray that, okay? Well, I prayed that before, Pastor. I prayed that one night and nothing happened. you got to stay with the Word of God, okay? And I'll talk about that later. So we begin here in the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, and what this literally means here is God wrote Abraham a note. And he said, i got a note for you, eh? And he said to him, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house. Now, the reason that God tells Abraham to get out of this, this country, from his relatives, from his his father's house, is they are following an ungodly pattern, similar to that of Noah. And and if we had time, you could go back, and and Abraham's father was a man named Terah. Terah was an idol worshiper, and so God's telling him, he said, I got to get you out of this. And so literally, when you see what he says there in verse 1, God God gives Abraham an eviction notice. I'm I'm evicting you. I'm telling you, you got to get out of this. And so when you read here, Abraham's got a dilemma just like me and you. Do I obey and believe God or I get in doubt and believe and I don't believe God? And so he's into the same dilemma and we look at the end of verse 1 and he says, To a land that I will show you. Now the problem when God says to a land that I will show you, He doesn't tell Abraham his new address. He doesn't give Abraham a, a forwarding address. So you know what He's telling Abraham? He said, "Listen, you're going to have to trust me. You're going to have to believe me, and you're going to have to go, uh, obey me to go to a land that I will show you." And so, for him to go to a land that He would show him. It would be a huge step of faith. And so remember, one of our definitions of faith is faith is acting God's telling the truth. But when you get in into the promises of God here, remember that's a tangible proof. And so right here, he tells Abraham some things. Now, anytime you get a promise from God, that's just not a promise. When you get a, God, a promise from God, that's huge. That, that's in 2 Corinthians 1.20. That says all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yea and amen. Or yes and so be it. So we, we got to get a hold of the promise of God. So right here, all Abraham's God is a promise. And sometimes that's all me and you have. All I got's a promise. But again, when it's a promise from God, that's big. That's huge. And so he tells Abraham, you're going to have to leave your place of comfort. And any time I look at the faith hall of fame in in Hebrews 11, nobody ever became great by staying comfortable. In other words, you're going to have to get out and you're going to have to trust God. So I'm I'm going to tell you a, a nugget of faith here. And you may want to write this down. The authority of your faith rests in the one who made the promise. Let me say that again. The authority of your faith rests in the one who made the promise. Well, who makes the promise? God did. And so, can I trust him? And do I trust him? So, we're here in Genesis 12, verse 1. And in the end of verse 1, verse 2, verse 3... God gives these five I will statements. Now when God says I will He will. He's not a mind changer. Okay, He doesn't change his thoughts in the middle of a season. He will. So listen to him. He said to a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who Bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in all the families of the earth, they shall be blessed. And so he gives these five I will statements. Now, this doesn't have anything to do with tonight, but... you know the devil is not a creator? He's only a copycat. That's all he can do. He can only mimic what God does. Do you know the devil had five I will statements too? Uh, Isaiah 14 starting in verse 12. You can go read them. They're meaningless tonight. But he, he's a copycat. But I say that to say God's not. When God makes a promise. So we look at the promise he made here. And, and when I read this. Abraham's got to think. So what do I do? What, what, what do I do? Does he look at God and say. You're You're crazy. The things you're telling me, they make zero sense to my head, but they sure are attractive to my heart. They sure bear witness to my heart. Now, has that ever happened to you? That when you read the scriptures and you find something in the Bible and you say, that doesn't make any sense in here, but it sure does something in here. And and maybe that took place when you gave your heart to Jesus. He said, "Now I'm going to pray and ask Jesus coming tomorrow, but I've never met Jesus, and so in one sense that's crazy up here. But when you heard a message on salvation, something began to originate in here. So this is what's going on with him. So what does he do? Watch verse four. So Abraham departed, as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot with him, and Abraham was seventy-five year old." When he departed to Haran. When he departed. Now think about this. When he departed. Everything he did. Was based on the word of God. And so when I hear the word of God. Do I step out by faith? And do I obey it? Because God's word is a lot like a GPS. It's like a voice guidance. And you don't, you don't get the, the, the next instructions until you start moving. And so it's kind of like God's telling a, you're going to have to start moving and then I'm going to keep telling you where to go. And so God always speaks in concert with our obedience, not our rebellion. And so faith is demonstrated on my willingness to trust him. Now we all have a struggle when it comes to trusting God. You know why we can have a struggle? I've never seen God. Have you ever seen God? I've never seen Jesus. But yet I still believe in God. I still believe in the Lord Jesus. Why? Because we hear the scriptures on Father God and the Lord Jesus. And so whether you realize this or not, there's a lot of things that you and me believe in that we've never seen. There's this power that in this place called West Texas, it has the power to mess up your hair. And there's this power in West Texas that we really see in the springtime that it causes the leaves to blow when the winds to rock. And there's this power in West Texas that will cause the, the, the waves in our lakes to rock and roll. How many you have ever seen the wind? I've never seen the wind. I've seen the effects of the wind, but I've never seen the wind. And whether we realize this right now, if we could see in this sanctuary right now there is so much activity going everywhere through here. Well, what do I mean? Well, many of you got your cell phones on. You ought to put them down, okay? Can you imagine all the activity going on through cell phones right here? But there's also a thing in here that our, our live stream goes off of, and it's called Wi-Fi. How many of you have ever seen Wi-Fi? I've never seen Wi-Fi, but I've seen the effects of Wi-Fi. And so this is the same thing with Father God. Just because I I don't see him doesn't mean I can't believe in him. Now turn with me to to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And let's just bite off a little bit more here tonight and see how far we get here. Romans chapter 12. Verse number one, when you get there. I'm turning fast, I'm turning fast. Romans 12, verse one. I beseech you, I urge you, therefore, brethren, you know who brethren are? People that are born again. If you're born again, this is you, this is me. And so he's talking, better stated, to church folk. By the mercies of God. What, what would the mercies of God bring? The mercies of God, let us respond to God appropriately. I I need the mercies of God. So he said, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a a living sacrifice. And so when we, we talk about our bodies a living sacrifice, all that we are is a living sacrifice day by day by day by day by day. So he said, present your bodies a living sacrifice. How does that look? I am to present my body holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Hmm. Acts of worship. Verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world. Now, the world is referring to this godless system and we are not to accept the patterns of this age. So he said, don't be conformed to the world. The word conformed right here means a, a conforming oneself to an outer fashion. An outward appearance. Accommodating oneself to the model or a pattern. So he says, don't let the things of the world mold you. Don't let the things of the world shape you. Don't let the things of the world define you. So, what do I do? But be transformed. And how am I transformed? By a renewing of my mind. Well, what am I renewing my mind to? To the Word of God. And so, on the contrary of being conformed, be transformed by the renewing of my mind to the Word. So, that word renew means to renovate, to restore a human mind that constitutes my intellect, my understanding, and my mindset. So you know what he's saying? The way me and you become transformed is in my mind. So what I start doing, I start reading the Bible. And I start studying my Bible. And I start thinking in line with the Bible. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinketh, so is he. So God's given us incredible insight here. He's saying, I'm going to merge my thoughts with your thoughts. But I renew my mind to the word of God. Ongoing. Day by day by day by day. Verse 3. For I say through the grace given to me. And grace is an empowerment. Grace is God's ability within us. And if you'll notice he said. The grace given to me. You can't earn grace. You can't buy grace. You can't go to Walmart and buy a bottle of grace. It's not going to happen. Father God, I welcome you to give me fresh grace today. Help me today. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. In other words... And this is self-promotion. This is pride. This is this false image. He said, don't do that. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. I'm pretty smart. You're not that smart. I've, I've got everything right up here in the kidneys. Be careful. But he says, but to think soberly, humbly, And as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. This is an interesting statement. That God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. A starting point of faith. The New Living says, measuring yourself by the faith that God gives you. Now, think about what he said. God has dealt to each one of us a measure of faith. When you got born again, you had to have some faith. You had to. I believe this may be what he's talking about. That he gives every one of us a measure of faith to get born again. Now how do I know you've got to have faith to get born again? Well, Ephesians 2.8 says you're saved by grace through faith, the gift of God. So you didn't get saved without some form of faith. But when I look at this measure of God, the thought begins to come, if I've been given a measure of faith, can that measure of faith grow? Can that measure of faith stay the same? Could that measure of faith even shrink? So think about this. If you were saved a year, could you look and say, you know what, my faith grew this year, or it didn't grow this year. Ten years later, has my faith grown, or has it stayed the same? Or has it shrunk? Now I believe it can shrink, and the reason I believe it can decrease is because the Lord Jesus said to his disciples that he said, Ye have no faith. Ye have no faith. Whoa. So when I read this here about this stuff of all faith, how can my faith grow? How can my faith increase? How can my faith be developed? Are those things, absolutely, they're possible. But how does that happen? Two ways, I believe. Number one, you got to eat good. What does that mean? you got to eat the Word of God day by day by day, okay? you got to feed on the Word of God. See, if I went to McDonald's every day, I would develop an appetite for McDonald's. I'm eating every day, but you eat at McDonald's every day, you're going to see Jesus pretty quick. <laughs> but if you start eating things that, you know, healthy. And, and think about the things that you eat that are healthy. A lot of times we, we didn't have an appetite for those. How many of you, the first time you ate something like broccoli or asparagus, you were like, oh, yummy, yummy. You're like... Get that out of here. But the more you eat those things, the more you develop an appetite for them. So the first thing, you got to eat well. What's the scripture reference on that? I believe Matthew 4:4, he said, Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You got to get in the word. And the second thing is, you got to exercise. What does that mean? You got to exercise your faith. What does that mean? James 1:22 says, you are to be a doer of the word of God. And, and if I am not, not a just a hearer, but a doer, and if I only hear the word of God, but I don't do the word of God, it says in James 1 22, you become deceived. So I got to eat well and I got to exercise my faith. And to exercise my faith, you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. Think about when the Lord Jesus said, Matthew 14, he said to Jesus, Peter said to Jesus, Lord, If a Jew bid me to walk on the water, now Peter's showing off. He's saying, "Bid me to walk on the water." I think he was bluffing. You know what Jesus said? Come. Peter wet himself. No, he did. He got in the water, (laughs) but he had to get out of the boat. See, the only way my faith it grows, I got to get out of the the boat. I got to learn to walk on the water, and it's easy to sit in the boat people that sit in the boat, they're judgmental, they're critical. See, I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat sitter. What did he just say? Hey. <laughs> Listen to the podcast. So he gave him a measure of faith. Gave each one of us a measure of faith. Now, the next few minutes, turn with me to Second Thessalonians, right there to your right. Second Thessalonians, once, once you get if you've gone to Timothy, you've gone just a little far back up. Second Thessalonians is after First Thessalonians. <laughs> That's deep, wasn't it? Okay. First Thessalonians 1, verse 1. Greetings from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. To the church of the Thessalonians. Or to the people that belong to the church in Thessalonica. So immediately we find out who who is Peter and and Silas and Timothy writing to? They're writing to church folk. In God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from our God and Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything from the Father and the Son. You begin to see that real quick. Now I'm going to read verses 3 and 4. And then we're going to really listen to this, okay? We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, comma, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly. Your faith grows exceedingly. Now, with that statement right there, it tells me my faith can grow exceedingly. The message translation says, it phenomenal increase. Wow. And the love of every one of you abounds toward each other. So that we ourselves, we boast of you among the church folks of God for your patience and your faith. So they're, they're boasting. Man, those folks at the church of Thessalonica, man, they're people full of faith and they're full of patience, full of God. But then he ends this and he says, in all your persecutions and your tribulations that you endure. And you may look at this and say, Wait a minute We're talking about faith And all of a sudden he gets over in this Persecutions and tribulations stuff But when you look at it here The saints at Thessalonica Were experiencing trouble They were experiencing Difficulties They were experiencing trials Anybody in here experiencing trials right now? Your faith will be put on display In the midst of trials When trials show up you're going to find out what you really believe. And so again, in this situation, he said before this their faith was flourishing, their faith was strong, their faith had grown exceedingly. Now, I love to dig in the Bible. This verse says in the Passion Translation, Because your faith is growing marvelously beyond measure. Measure. Your faith is growing beyond measure. So, how was their faith growing beyond measure? When these storms of life showed up, when these trials showed up, and when you look at these, these trials were almost like spiritual weights. When, when you try to work out, that means you're going to have to exercise. You go to the weight room to get stronger, to develop those muscles. When I go through trials and tribulations, your faith is getting, it's just like you're repping on the bench. I don't know if you've ever looked at it that way. Some of you, you're benching very good right now, some of you are barely getting the bar. We got to pick up the pace just a little bit, okay? And so when you look at what he's talking about here, we all go through stuff. And I highlight, these were the believers at Thessalonica. You're going to go through stuff. But it's interesting, he said, we boast in your faith and your patience. Now, biblically, that's Hebrews 6.12. Through faith and patience, you inherit. I don't know about you. I, I like the faith stuff, but I hate that patience stuff. But that's part of the process, through faith and patience. So let me tell you this story real quick. This is what I'll end with. it. Years ago, years ago, many, many, millions ago, my wife had gone through school, graduated from college, Into May, she needs a job. She's going to be a school teacher. So we get into agreement and we begin to pray. Remember, the Bible is a tangible transaction. It's my receipt. What what did you guys pray? We prayed Mark 11:24. And whatsoever things you ask and whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Now here's what happens a lot of times, we pray but we don't believe we receive them. We pray and then we kind of like Think about what he said. When you pray, believe that you receive. You got to get over into an element of faith that what I'm asking God. He said, "When you pray, when you ask." And this is an exercise in faith. So we started praying for her a job. June went by, no job. What do you do when there's no job? Faith and patience. July goes by, no job. First two weeks of August go by, no job. And we're like, "Ah, Father God, do you realize school starts in about a week? On the Friday before the school started the following Tuesday, she got a call and said, hey, we got a job for you. We got a job for you. Why do I tell that? Because you got to hang in there and just keep believing God. Don't disconnect from the things of God. See, the devil will go after your faith. The devil knows one of your lifelines to God is your faith because he knows without faith it's impossible to please him. So he's going to throw everything he can at you to keep you from believing. And he just wants you to get over and say, He never answers my prayers. He only answers answers pastor's prayer. Well, if that's your confession, keep confessing me over that because I welcome that, okay? Okay, stand up. We've got to get out of here. Oh, I hope this helps you tonight. God wants to grow our faith, okay? All right. If you feel comfortable raising your hands to heaven, raise your hands here. Lord, we stand before you. We raise our hands tonight. Bless us, Father God. Grace us in our hearts, Lord, that, that we can trust you just like Abraham did. And Father God, I pray your blessings right now that you would grace our faith. And Lord, ones in this house right now that are needing a touch of patience, We'll reign that on us, grace us tonight. And Father God, we love you. and thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.